0: Well, Donald Trump has made his nominee, as expected, for the Supreme Court, and he took aim at Obamacare over the weekend, obviously hoping it can now be challenged through the courts. Meanwhile, as COVID-19 cases rise in a rather growing fashion, U.S. Durable Goods orders stall, and this week, lots of political spectacle. We've got a week of intense Brexit talks, and the first U.S. presidential debate is Monday, the 28th of September, 2020. It's the Morning Call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a big jump for the Nasdaq on Friday, up 2.3 percent. That's 1.1 percent over the week. In the S and P, it was at 1.6 percent on Friday, but that wasn't enough for it to uh, stop a 0.6 percent fall over the week. It's fourth week in a row, actually, that it. it's it's lost 5.8 percent down uh, for the month of. To, to date on the S&P, but the DAX managed to lose almost 5% in a week last week. Uh, the Shanghai Composite also 3.6% down. The US dollar made a slight gain on Friday, up 0.3% on the DXY, up 1.9% over the week. The Aussie dollar, though, well, it's, uh, it lost a quarter percent on Friday and 3.5% over the week. It's getting uh, close to being back down at 70 US cents. 70.3 at end of the week. Uh, the euro also saw losses last week, down 1.8%. The pound lost 1.3%, although it was pretty flat on Friday. Friday 10 year treasury yields in the US down one basis point on Friday there's not been a lot of movement during the month it's fair to say anywhere on the yield curve but government 10 year yields were down 3 basis points in the UK France and Germany on Friday but again uh, have been relatively flat for the for the last few months a few weak peaks and troughs uh, and oil last week, well, that declined as well, down 2% for WTI, but minor movements on the last day of the week. Gold fell almost 5% over the week last week. So let's have a look at uh, those numbers and more with Ray actual head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. I, I mean, this risk-off mood that we are now seeing is becoming more dominant, and obviously it's, it's not helping emerging markets, which is why we're seeing the Aussie dollar uh, getting hit. Currency shares, bonds, all had a bad week, didn't they? Uh, I mean, you've I, I, you, you've got to look far and wide for any sort of yield right now, but it's it's clearly everyone's running away from that. It's safety first at the moment.
1: Morning, Phil. Yes, it was. Uh, so looking over the week, it's a, a pretty sorry tale, I think. For uh, you know, certainly for equity markets, although I guess of some note that um, you know a decent pop higher for both the Nasdaq and to a lesser extent the S and P on Friday, um, and yet that didn't bring about any. Reversal of the um, of the strength of the dollar that we've seen over you know over mm. recent uh, recent weeks at least, which as you note know, has been reflected in a what a three and a half percent fall for the Aussie dollar. But you rightly make the link there between emerging markets and particularly emerging market currencies and the Aussie dollar. So if I look across, you know all emerging markets over the last week, I can't find a single currency that's actually up on the week. And it's not so much Asia, it seems to be more, um, you know, the likes of Latin America, um, South African rand, Russian ruble, yeah. even Turkish lira. Uh, and if we do try and correlate the Aussie dollar with purely with reference to emerging markets, you know, we do find that there's a pretty strong link there, and particularly with global emerging market currencies, not just those, you know, tied to China and, and Asia. So I think that sort of offers something of an explanation there. But um, but yes, but the you know, the overall background is yeah. still, I think, as, you know, what we've been saying on, on numerous occasions last week, we've still got, you know, no confidence in a um, fiscal support deal this side of the US election. We're in that sort of election window of uncertainty. I do know, incidentally, that some of the um, state-by-state polls are suggesting a narrowing um of Biden's lead over Trump. Mm. Um, you know, even though at the national level his poll lead is his poll um Lead still seems to be order of uh, order of 7% and of course you know the virus news particularly in, uh, in the US and uh, in large parts of Europe is, is moving in the wrong direction and the economic implications of that are not being lost on stock markets. No
0: and uh, and the number's not looking good either. I mean there's not been a lot of numbers around but uh, if we look at uh, the US durable goods orders uh, pretty much stalled didn't they? They were falling from 11.7% growth in July to just 0.4% for August. Uh, yes although I think with
1: that uh, the durable goods numbers that can be extremely volatile, particularly because of the impact of defence orders and aircraft orders, um, you know, or the rate at which aircraft orders are falling off. So there's a number called uh, capital goods, ex-defence, ex-aircraft, which we tend to look at as maybe the best measure of underlying trends. Still a big big fall, though, with that number. No, that was up 1.8% on the month. Oh, was it? And, right. and okay. uh, down a little bit. So, uh, and the previous yeah. month was actually revised up to 2.5 from 1.9. So, on that right. basis, okay. you'd. I'm say looking at the, ex,
0: a, the, ex-milit- the ex-military. So, it must have been uh, non, non-military.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's an ex-defense, okay. and there's an ex-defense ex-aircraft. It should be all across this right. this time of the morning. It's, it's mind-boggling getting your head around your as <laughs> I have to say, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I'd say that the underlying trend, yes, not up as strongly as, as previously, but uh, but not too bad once you strip out that right. extreme volatility okay
0: but it's just one number isn't it what about uh, if we look at china over the weekend healthy industrial profits uh, coming out of there so i mean they are very much uh, open for business they must be because you know a lot of the rest of the world is going slow and they seem to be going strong they must be increasing their global market share in lots of categories right now no it's a good point I hadn't thought about that but uh, yes certainly that uh, that should be the case obviously
1: you know we're going to have you know okay third quarter GDP numbers for, for lots of the developed world. We know that. But for, again, from a market focus and coming back to equity markets, it's more, you know, how sustainable is that into Q4? And, uh, you know, a sense that we could see a, a lot of numbers for some of the large um, developed economies actually going backwards in, in, in Q4. So on that basis, yes, um, China's share of global GDP, mm. if you like, is uh, is certainly on the rise at the moment and uh, may well continue through the end of the year. So it's
0: going to be an interesting week for politics, isn't it, really? I guess that's- that's, I mean, I mean t- two things, Brexit and the United States. And in the, in the United States, you've mentioned it already, uh, the, the election debates kick off. Uh, I see Donald Trump is going to insist Joe Biden is drug tested. He said his performances uh, have been uh, uneven, to put it mildly. Only drugs can have caused this discrepancy. So he's insisting he has a, uh, a drug test. And then, of course, uh, Amy Comey Barrett. I wonder whether there's going to be any reaction on the markets to this. The fact that uh, she was nominated by the, by the president over the weekend, I mean, that, that comes as zero surprise, although what is interesting is what has emerged over the weekend uh, is uh, is the president and others have linked this to removing Obamacare. Basically, obviously thinks that now it can be challenged through the courts. Should he get his way? That's right, and uh, certainly that, the Democrats have
1: been out on mass, haven't they? Yeah, led by um, Chuck mm. Schumer, the um, the Senate Minority Leader, saying that a vote in the Senate for Amy Barrett is um, is a vote to dismantle um, Obamacare, and uh, I think it sort of focuses in specifically on you know whether or not. Um, those with pre-existing conditions have the have the right to be uh, to be insured under the existing Affordable Care Act, known as, as Obamacare. So, um, you know, you'd have to think that this is immediately, you know, a nomination is being used by both sides for, um, you know, for political ends running into the election, at least anyway. Yeah, yeah I
0: just wonder how the markets reactive. It looks like uh, the the gap is narrowing, and Donald Trump is, uh, you know, in- increasing the likelihood of uh, of him winning. Uh, I guess the, the one positive out of that is it removes the uncertainty of what happens if he doesn't win, because he's still tweeting about six hours ago in block capital letters uh, followed by the exclamation marks, watch the ballots. So he's obviously setting up a plan in case he, he doesn't win. So I mean that that's going to cause a little caution in the markets. Isn't it if we if we if we have the, all of this uncertainty? I think, we're still, I think going still a long way away to the November the 3rd. And yeah, but interesting point because you
1: know about we've been sort of out saying that uh, you know from an economic policy and therefore market exp- uh, from an equity market perspective. You know the prospect of you know a Biden victory and things like a reversal of the corporate tax cut are ostensibly um, negative for equity markets but um but as the polls narrow, then the uncertainty factor and the risk of a dis- of a contested election and uncertainty dragging on you know for for several weeks even even months after the election is an uncertainty factor that uh, is hard to think would do anything other them play negatively for risk so
0: sense. uh brexit this week uh there's three days of talks We're sort of like in the in the final furlong they start on tuesday i think they're actually really more talks about talks because there's talk that maybe they'll have their intensive tunnel talks i don't think they actually hold them. maybe they could hold it in the tunnel uh but uh, from the week of october the 4th which really mm. is the last moment because uh, the eu summit on october the 15th is really when they're supposed to be Presenting that final plan, and uh, it's then it's either deal or no deal. It's it's getting very close to the wire. No, we are. We're into that that pointy end, and although we're saying look,
1: a lot of these deadlines are. You know essentially movable, I think uh, you know everyone agrees that you know something will need to be done by the end of October, beginning of November, in um, ideally you know by mid October when there is that scheduled EU summit. so yes, I've been reading about the uh, the tunnel it was a, a, a very uh, long form and interesting article in the Financial Times that, uh, that was part of my weekend reading and uh, and their conclusion incidentally was that they still think that more likely than not. Um, there will be a deal and that um, you know Boris will pull something out mm. of the hat over the over the heads perhaps of people like michael gove but uh, so the idea is that this week's talks are pretty crucial and then you go into a tunnel which is kind of a cone of silence really that uh, you know where there's an agreement that nothing's going to start leaking out so uh, you know so let's see how right. that uh, how and then send out a
0: smoke signal presumably when an agreement something has been like leaked.
1: that yes it'll be less like a, a papal mm. election I suspect but uh, mm. anyway as we continue to say this is the outcome is extremely Binary as far as uh, sterling is concerned, in particular, so uh, still an enormous amount to play for, and then for those with sterling risks, you know, it, it's a very, very you know, difficult period to yeah uh, to know how best to best
0: to play. And well. how do you think commodities are going to go this week? Given that those virus numbers are going up, one thousand and five new cases in New York on uh, in New York State on Friday, which is the highest since, since early June. Uh, we've now got more than one million uh, people have died, sadly, globally from from this thing, and the UK numbers are creeping up. Their their seven day average is now five thousand five hundred, which is higher than the original peak. I mean, obviously, more testing, which is uh, part of that. But France's seven day average is now twelve thousand, which is almost three times the original peak. And it's now autumn, and it's uh, sixteen and wet in Paris today. So uh, not much time being spent inside. So not much good news and you know commodities are starting to feel this aren't they because clearly there's going to be less demand for oil and probably less building materials and the like as well. Yeah,
1: well, let's not lose sight of the fact that uh, a lot of the weakness that we've seen in commodity prices in the last couple of weeks, you can link almost directly to the strength of uh, the US dollar. So that inverse correlation is very much alive Mm. and kicking. You know, that said, the falls in uh, some key commodity prices has exceeded the the rise that we've seen in in the dollar. Um, And things like, you know, base metals, um, you know, which you'd think would be particularly growth sensitive. uh, That index was off almost 5% last week. Um, We've got Um, you know Crude oil, you know, down at least 2%, for example. Gold, you know, gold I think, is more linked perhaps to, uh, to the US dollar. But um, yeah, so there is something there. Obviously, you know, going yeah. back to the China story, you know, China's still good. And I think the PMI numbers uh, that we'll see this week will reflect that at least anyway. But we yes. do need something, you know, we do need additional support from, you know, the Northern Hemisphere or the Western Hemisphere, um, you know, to keep the, that commodity demand afloat. And at the moment, you'd think that the demand supply factors are going the other way, aren't they? So, um, yeah, so I think there's a little bit yeah of uh, uh you know of, of western world Virus news is in there a little bit, although I still, by and large, I think we'll need to see the U.S. dollar heading down, and I think if we do, then um you know we'd expect to see at least some stability coming into commodity prices. Yeah,
0: well, those those, those uh, China uh, PMIs, we get the official ones and the Beijing uh, PMIs done in the middle of the week. Uh, U.S. labor market data on Friday—that's about it. It is an incredibly quiet week, isn't it, for numbers? Yeah, I think
1: it's, I think politics will probably take centre stage. So how the polls start uh, behaving mm. after that uh, that thing, but yeah, the labour market numbers will be important. It's the last set of. US um, employment numbers before the election so a lot will be made of that by uh, you know presumably Donald Trump telling you how much the trend has reversed since the peak and uh, and the Democrats wanting to say well look at the absolute level of unemployment and, and perhaps taking out some of the hidden unemployment you know it's still a it's still a train wreck so uh, I think yeah. they will be important but, uh, but that's the main cool. thing other than that it's, it's pretty quiet on the data front.
0: It is indeed. Let's hope Joe Biden passes his drug test and uh, he can take part in that debate And <laughs> while keeping a keen eye on it all. Good to talk, Ray. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, make sure you got lots of popcorn for that one. That's it for the morning call for this Monday morning. Uh, I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.